0: Welcome to Today on Broadway for Thursday, November 7th, 2019. I am Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I am Broadway stars James Marino. As everybody knows, we do not actually record these on the day that I read at the top, so we are recording on Wednesday, November 6th, James, uh, just in case you weren't aware of that. Uh, That means a week from the time that I am speaking right at this moment live in Living Color, I will be in New York in seven days. So uh, plan accordingly. Everybody, James, you and I were making our plans, double checking schedules and overlaps for when you were going to have to mysteriously fly out of the country. Um, but I will be in town early morning. Hopefully, there's no delays on my flights because I've got a 2 p.m. matinee on, uh, next Wednesday seeing Bedlam's Crucible. So uh, hopefully there's no flight issues getting into LaGuardia, which I'm sure there's never any issues getting into LaGuardia. No, you're basically landing on a, a pier that was built uh,
1: 200 years ago. So great. why would there be a problem? No, never. And, and not to mention, at the end of the runway, there's Rikers Island. So if you crash, you're crashing into like a... The safest Nicholas, place in the world. A Nicolas yeah. Cage movie or something like
0: that. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it, well, What's great about that is, is that is that... There's two options that you could be talking about. You could be talking about Con Air mm, yeah. or or The Rock, which uh, would be very good uh, as a, uh, a shared cinematic universe. But I will be in New York starting on the 13th until the afternoon of the 21st. So lots of great content. Uh Uh, on my social media feeds which is much better than my normal content which is horrible so uh follow me at bww matt but james looking forward to seeing you hanging out with you for a while i think we're gonna go see robbie's show on uh tuesday the 19th together so uh so that should be fun making a list checking it twice yep that's it uh uh, and go ahead
1: I was just going to say that uh, it's, it's Wednesday night. And we're talking about Thursday, but coming up on Friday, New York is going to have some pretty brutal cold weather. So make sure you get a oh, jacket good. this time because last time you came to New York, you had no jacket. It was like January or something. Like
0: I, had, that. I had a jacket, but it was just like I'm inside the whole time. It just is bulky. I didn't need it. Like I, I have one and I bring it with me, but it's not like a. it is a heavy jacket. It's not an actual winter coat. I live in Florida. I don't have a heavy winter coat. I, don't you have a like a locker at LaGuardia? You could just leave it. At me. <laughs> <laughs> I should. I should. Yeah. But um, one other thing before we get into the news, obviously, uh, if you are hearing this actually on Wednesday, that means that you have subscribed to our Patreon uh, feed. You can figure out all of those details at Patreon.com/slash/BroadwayRadio or BroadwayRadio.com/slash/Patreon due to james's ingenuitive domain purchasing and linking so
1: well uh, let me also point out that i totally screwed up the feed for the oh right yeah wednesday show it's tuesday night wednesday show i screwed up the feed and the only people who got the show were the patreon people until (laughs) halfway through the day when the regular people got the show so and, and in fact uh one of our listeners, who I haven't asked his name, so I'm not going to name his name, actually wrote me and said that I uh, couldn't get the show. And I apologized and I said I was trying to figure it out. And while I was doing that, I noticed that he subscribed to Patreon and made a nice donation <laughs> to us. So
0: thank and, you very much. That is much appreciated. And,
1: and Patreon listeners, you're donating to the Matt Temanini Coat Fund. So. <laughs>
0: That is not true. (laughs) There are much better purposes for the Patreon money than my coat fund, but thank you anyway. But all right, James, let's get into the news. Why don't we? All right. First
1: up in the news, the Little Mermaid live... Round
0: <laughs> I see what you. I see what you did there. Uh, yes, on Tuesday night there was this thing on television <laughs> called "The Wonderful World of Disney Presents: The Little Mermaid Live." Even though a large bulk of it was actually the animated movie that we all know and love from. 20, 30 years ago at this point as actually honoring the 30th anniversary of the animated classic. Now this is something we talked about a lot, James, because this actually was born out of the idea of what they do with the Hollywood bowl, where they show the movie on the back of the wall of the bowl and they have a symphony playing the music. Then they have stars come in and perform the songs on the stage. This is the evolution of that concept to where they had that exact same thing, but they included a lots of puppets aerial moves, no pun intended, um, lots of interesting things. And James, the reviews for this one were all over the place. Like it, it, It goes without saying that any live musical thing the theater community will generally be incredibly snarky about. So that goes without saying. But a lot of the reviews actually viewed this as being a kind of a fun, guilty pleasure. Our friend Caitlin Milligan, uh, long-time listeners probably remember her name, who was the TV editor over at Broadway World. She said, quote, The performance of the night goes to Queen Latifah for her portrayal of Ursula the, the Sea Witch. Not only does Latifah have the vocal prowess for the role, she also has the stage presence to pull off such a flamboyant character she's even able to play she was even able to play off one of her tentacles falling off during poor unfortunate <laughs> souls using it as a sort of feather boa Latifa had the perfect amount of power and life to the role and she truly stole the show noel murray said something fairly similar reviewing the production for the new york times writing quote All these performers handled the material well. The stunt casting of celebrities has sometimes been a drag on live TV musicals, but this cast could sing, and the animated characters handled most of the dialogue. Queen Latifah was especially impressive, sounding appropriately deep-voiced and sultry on Ursula's big song, Poor Unfortunate Souls. The lesser-known Phillips, who played uh, Prince Eric, uh, was also a surprise standout, bringing depth and resonance to her voice, uh, which is a song from Broadway's version of The Little Little Mermaid. We'll talk about Phillips here again in a second. Run through a couple more of these. Uh, Dino Ray Ramos, writing for Deadline, uh, had a little bit uh, more critical look, writing, quote, Although enjoyable, The Little Mermaid Live wasn't a spectacular feat of television, but it could very well be a solid one. The seamless mix of live performances intercut with a classic film was an inventive way to present an existing film in a new way. That wasn't just a rebooted film. Uh, and going over to the Hollywood reporter, um, Robin bear said quote, cast standouts included Amber Riley belting as a mermaid rock in the opening sequence and reggae singer shaggy, having the time of his life as a crab slash narc Sebastian, in spite of a costume that invoked the okay, not safe for work terminology here. Baggy latex catsuit for the relaxed BDSMer. Don't Google what that means, folks. Um, <laughs> while it was a bit difficult to hear John Stamos' lyrics as murderous Chef Louis, his bonkers giddy comedic timing during uh, Le Pezon. I love French words, more than made up for not being able to understand his vocalization. The best moment of the evening, however, was Latifah's performance of Ursula the Sea, which is legendary klezmer, burlesque, poor unfortunate souls. Latifah, Oscar nominated for Chicago, where she uh, played another brassy... Uh, avaricious sexpot nailed her notes as well as Ursula's inky growl. So James, if I would have just followed along on social media, I would have thought that this was an absolute disaster. But all of these reviews from a lot of major legitimate, you know, TV and film critics actually really liked it.
1: Well, I mean, uh, sans Caitlin Milligan, uh, Broadway Radio alumnus. Um, I don't, yes. I don't know how many of these other people are really. Uh, familiar
0: with the 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 intricacies of the Broadway genre, so well. But maybe, they're they're reviewing it as a TV product. They're not reviewing it as a theater product. I, I,
1: but what I'm saying is, I'm thinking that your self selected social media people are probably more Broadway sure. oriented than the TV Very people. Fair. Very
0: fair. So I guess we can all agree that the TV people are wrong and the Broadway people are right. <laughs> I, would, I would have gone with the Broadway people are snarky um, and, and not. But there, there's a few other things I wanted to point out. Variety had this really cool article, which I know you liked, James, um, with a number of their writers pointing out the highs and lows from the evening. And I want to just point out one of their – were generally very funny. Um, but I wanted to point out just one of them um, from Jackson McHenry who had a high uh, saying, quote, it's a somewhat baffling choice to just do the movie, but then also throw in a Prince Eric song from the stage show. But at least Graham Phillips of being the annoying son on The Good Wife and also being in 13, the musical did a nice job with his, Fierro in the Wicked Movie Audition, which is (laughs) crossed off, uh, song Her Voice. Then he goes on to say, your ex Ariana Grande is proud of your falsetto. So uh, very fun article. We'll have a link to that and as well as the review roundup in the show notes. Uh, But James, no matter what people thought, whether it's on Twitter or the reviews, the ABC suits had to love it because it delivered a dominating 2.6 rating in the initial overnight numbers. and was the highest rated made for TV musical since Grease Live back in January of 2016 we will have highlights in the show notes james and there are rumors that the show could be having a re-airing during the holidays so my question for you is uh, i have not it's on my dvr i haven't had a chance to watch it yet um, and I, I don't assume you have either but um obviously this would only work with a number of disney animated films i think i don't think this would ha- work for much beyond that but do you think that this kind of gives more options for networks, ABC especially, to kind of do something different in the whole live musical space? Or do you think that this is just a one-off, especially because Disney seems to be remaking all of their animated films live action anyway? Well, I think that uh, Disney is uh, quickly becoming an intellectual
1: property company, especially with the Disney streaming service coming up. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, I know that you've subscribed to it already. I have, yes. Uh, so, and, and uh, re-airing of this is a no-brainer for them. It's uh, marginally, uh, hardly any cost, and all upside for them. Uh, and the fact that there are two point six is that uh, in in the ratings they're up against Sean Spicer and Dancing with the Stars. Come on, you know it's like,
0: Well, I don't. I don't think they were up against that because I think that airs on the same network, but. Um, uh, they they were up you know weren't up against a ton of stuff there wasn't a ton of sports to take away from it and but.
1: it was uh, election night
0: and so this that's ton, true. ton
1: of election coverage um, the alternate uh, programming against it yeah so um, good family show a well-known title well-loved certainly even even if uh, you know everything was a disaster. You can close your eyes, and the music is wonderful, and the talent is outstanding. So you could at least yep. listen to it. And and so many people have what's called the third screen going, which mm-hmm. we're dealing with in theater right now. A lot of third screen going in the third <laughs> in the theater. So uh, certainly, um, uh, I, I to answer your question, yes, I, I foresee many more of these properties happening, especially in the D- in the Disney universe. Yeah. All right. We'll see what happens next. Well, you know, it wasn't that bad
0: that it caused the ceiling to collapse, was it? <laughs> no, not there, at least. Um, but, yeah, uh, James, uh, earlier this week in the first performance, uh, uh, in the first act of the first performance following the opening night of the West End revival of Death of a Salesman starring Wendell Pierce and Sharon D. Clark, apparently plaster fell into the Grand Circle uh, and hit some audience members. Um, Apparently there were no major injuries, but the audience was evacuated and first aid was given to everybody who was uh, affected. Can I say it? Can I say it? (sighs) Go for it. Did
1: I not instruct that box five was to be kept empty?
0: (laughs) Yes, this was uh, not at the Paris Opera House. This was at the Piccadilly Theater. Um, The co-director for the show, Marion Elliott's production company, uh, along with her producer, Chris Harper, and the ambassador theater group who owns Piccadilly were evaluating damage last night to see what the next steps are for the show. Uh, On a side note, Wendell Pierce co-starred in the aforementioned Grease Live, as well as a little TV show called The Wire, and Sharon D. Clarke will be making her Broadway debut later this season, reprising her Olivier-winning turn as the title character in Caroline or Change. Now, James, as old as all of these theaters are, and as you mentioned, they are sometimes haunted and cursed, uh, I'm a little surprised that things like this don't happen more often. I mean, ATG has plenty of money for upkeep uh, on their theater, but their old buildings, stuff like this, should happen.
1: Yeah, I, uh, this actually happened to me on a much smaller scale uh, when I was uh, producing a, a new musical, and uh, it's it's you know uh, who knows you looked at the thing and at the ceiling and you, you could have not known that this was uh, it's not evident that this piece was going to fall in. This stuff happens, and it's uh, it's it's insane. It's it's the excitement of live theater. This doesn't happen at home, does it? Uh, thankfully not. Uh, yeah. All right. All right. What do we have in the uh, recommendation section?
0: All right. I've got three recommendations. The first one – actually, the first two are both Hades Town related. The first one is the new episode of Dance Captain Dance Attack over on the Broadway world where Ben Cameron uh, learns – uh, some dance moves from Town Dance Captain T. Oliver Reed. That's really fun. I always enjoy Dance Captain Dance Attack. The second is a, a performance from the radio program... Uh, live from here. If you're not familiar with it, this is the evolution of A Prairie Home Companion. They changed the name after people started to realize that Garrison Keeler had a problematic past. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's uh, hosted by Chris Thale. And he actually had Anais Mitchell on the show years ago before the stage production ever happened. It was actually right at the beginning, I think, when they were getting ready to do. Uh, the show at the New York Theater Workshop. Uh, so they've got a long history of doing songs from Hadestown Town on the show. They actually did a performance of Now That the ch- or When the Chips Are Down with the Fates. Uh, so that's a really cool uh, thing to see there. And then finally, yesterday morning, uh, Adrian Warren and the cast of Tina, the Tina Turner musical, performed Proud Mary on Good Morning America. And I got to tell you, James, I know that this is just—it's a, a bio musical, and we know the songs, and we know what's going to happen in the story, but I still, for some reason, got teary eyed watching Adrian Warren do Proud Mary, which is not like an emotional song or anything, but she's just so incredible, uh, so much energy. And then she had Sky Maddox Turner, who plays the younger version of Tina Turner, come out and sing. That got me. Emotional. I don't know what it is, but I, I've always expressed my love for Adrian Warren on this show. But I'm so excited to see her. Uh, kind of becoming even bigger star. She's obviously already a Tony nominee, but uh, this is such a career-defining role um, that I'm I'm very excited for everything that's going to come to her. Obviously, the show opens tonight, so on tomorrow's show we'll have all of those reviews. I expect them to be very good for her. The show, I think, will be fine, but I think the reviews for Adrian will be fantastic.
1: I agree,
0: 100%. <laughs> I can't wait for the reviews. We'll have to yeah. see how that goes. Yeah, real have- quick, trivia question for you, though. Who wrote the song Proud Mary? Uh, Ellen Menken. <laughs> that would be a twist of fate, wouldn't it? No, it was uh, John Fogarty. It was originally oh, a Credence Clearwater revival song. CCR. Yeah, so All right. anyway. All right. Uh, what do we have in other news? Okay, we've got a bunch of things. I'm going to run through them quickly. James, it sounds like things aren't exactly going as planned over at the Signature Theater Center, as it was announced yesterday that Stephen Payne would be replacing Larry Pine as Pete Davenport in the off-Broadway revival of The Young Man from Atlanta, and that previews will be pushed back for two days from their originally announced November 5th to tonight, November 7th. No reason was given, but if you had tickets for one of the canceled performances, you should contact Signature's box office. Also yesterday, the Broadway-bound production of Girl from the North Country announced the remaining members of their cast. In addition to a handful of new ensemble members, it was announced that Austin Scott... Will, uh, he's one of the stars of FX's pose, as well as he's currently playing Alexander Hamilton in Hamilton. Um, he is going to be replacing Sydney James Harcourt, uh, who played this role off Broadway. Harcourt was an original Hamilton ensemblist and eventually played Aaron Burr on Broadway as well. Now, James, I haven't broken down the Tony contenders yet. But if Scott is anywhere near as good as Harcourt was in the role off Broadway, I really think that this could be putting him in line for a Tony nomination come next spring. In other casting news, it was announced on Wednesday that Matthew Saldivar will be joining our Dear Dead Drug Lord for the extended run, replacing Daniel Estrada beginning on November 12th. And finally, yesterday, Atlantic for Kids announced that they would be presenting a New York premiere musical. Based on Chelsea Clinton's children's book, She Persisted. Book and lyrics will be by Adam Tobin, and the music will be by Deborah Wicks LaPuma. M.K. Lawson will direct and choreograph. Performances will begin at the Linda Gross Theater on February 22nd. If you would like information on this or any of the other shows that we talked about today, head over to the links in the show notes or on broadwayradio.com. Okay, Matthew, please get us out of here. <laughs> I don't know what that voice is, but thanks for listening to today on Broadway. <laughs> Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWW Matt. See,
1: what happens is that Ashley doesn't let me do voices.
0: And... You can do voices. It's your show. You can do whatever the heck you want. Well, can, you, can I bring back Madge? No. Okay. <laughs> I think Anything but that. Anything but that. <laughs> Clearing the lot was a safety concern. <laughs> we break around this month, but you can return.
1: And my name is James Marino from Broadway. And my name is James Marino from BroadwayRadio.com and BroadwayStars.com. Thanks for spending some of your Thursday with us, if you're a Patreon listener, your Wednesday night. Uh, And uh, Matt, I'll be back and talk with you tomorrow.